Oh, was last night off the hook or what? Get it off off the hook. It's just kind of a joke, but it was good. What what I enjoyed was how Mark and Julie were going down the line reading people's mail and knowing a lot of you and your backstory, he was so spot on and she was so spot on. It was amazing to watch. But God gave me this imagery of back in the 60s, some of you may have heard about, some of you may even remember, when there was an earthquake up in Alaska, which caused a tsunami to hit Crescent City. Big old tidal wave came through. Well, there's a story of an old boy there that had a bunch of just junk around his house, and he just was overwhelmed with trying to haul it off. The neighbors were complaining. Well, here come the tsunami, and guess what? It took everything away except his house. So all the junk was washed away. And I saw that imagery last night, how the tsunami's coming, and how God is just wiping away all of the hindrances, all those things that are roadblocks, that are impairing, that are causing problems. God's just washing it all away. The key is you've got to lean into it. So again, tonight, with great expectation, we're looking to see what God does again tonight. So, brother, you ready to come on up? Can I get a couple leaders up here really quick? Come on up here. We're going to pray again. Mark, Julie, come on up too. Wow. Come on. Wow. Wow. Father, what impresses me the most about Mark and Julie is their humility. They're just real. There's no hype. They're not here to, to, to tout anything they're doing. They're not here to just say, look at us. They're here to just say, look at Jesus. And look at what Jesus can do in you and through you if you will give everything to him. So, Father, I just pray that you would continue to bless them in the most amazing ways. Father, you would continue to lead them into those places that you have prepared for them. And Father, I pray that tonight you would just download words. I believe you're already doing it now, that you will speak life into everyone in this room and everyone when they leave here tonight will be changed more into your image. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen. Well, it's good to be with you again tonight. I'm sure um, from what happened last night, I know we were blessed last night. The presence of God was so strong here, and it's encouraging to hear that the words that we felt the Lord had for each of you was something that was, as Pastor Dick said, reading your mail. I hope that it encourages you that God knows you. God sees you. Sometimes we can feel as though we're far off from God. We can feel as though we've missed God. Maybe we feel as though we're in our latter days. Um, I love that scripture that says, you know, your latter days shall be greater than your former days. You know, we're in eternity. We're in eternity now. It's not eternity when you die. We're in eternity now. And this small window of, of life that we have uh, is, is minute in, compared to the eternity that we have. And we have to make a difference with the life that we have. And this is really our message. We're Kingdom Purpose International is our ministry. And we believe that you, ha each of you have a Kingdom Purpose and a significant Kingdom Purpose. 
You know, sometimes you can feel as though maybe you're in the back of the line. I know in school, you know, I, I hated it when they were picking teams in the school. They never picked me. You know, they would go around and I would be maybe last in the list. And they're like, no, we don't want him. You can have him. And I'm thinking, but God has chosen me to be on his team. And he's chosen you as well. It doesn't matter what man looks. You know, that story of King David when they were anointing him, they said, you know, man looks on the outside, but God looks on the inside. God is looking for men and women who are firstly worshippers. And then he's looking for people who are prepared to give him the glory and not take it for themselves. And tonight I believe God is going to speak to you again. I feel there's a theme this weekend that's split into three parts. And last night was one part of stirring you up about the gift of God that is in you and and the the kingdom purpose that you have. But I I really believe tonight God's going to minister to another part. If you will open your hearts tonight and trust God, Julie is going to come and share my prayer privilege to introduce my wife. Uh, somebody said to me earlier, oh, I just love your wife's voice. I could listen to it all night. And I said, well, I do listen to it all day, all night, and when I go to bed. But I said, if you really want to listen to it to go to bed, then you can, you can go on our website, which is markandjulie.org. And there's some devotions on there that Julie's recorded. You can see her face and you can listen to her reading the scriptures uh, and uh, giving some devotions as well. So I encourage you to go on and do that. But I would just like to say thank you for embracing us. I feel as though we've come to family that we didn't know. And we are going to spend eternity together, as I said last night, but thank you for embracing us. We feel loved by you. We feel as though we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, we, we've sensed the love that's in this place. Pastor Doug, thank you for, uh, j- just for, I just feel that, that we're like brothers, instantly uh, connected at the heart, you know, because why? Because we're on the same side, we're, in the, we're fighting for the same cause, and we're on the victory side together. But Julia's going to come now and share what God has laid on her heart. And tonight we will throw the altars open once again. I believe God's going to speak to each and every one of us. Thank you for that encouragement there. And thank you, Pastor Doug, for allowing me to take the platform. You know, that's not always possible in some churches. And I don't take it lightly that that you entrust to me that which God has given to you. These people, these lovely people, this family of God that you're here to shepherd. So this evening, I believe that God wants you to raise your level of faith. I believe some of you have been battling with stress, worry, anxiety. Sometimes you might say, I'm concerned about something, but really it's something more than that. And I believe that this is a time that you can shed some stuff to walk in that freedom. I know you always have freedom nights here, and and that's Pastor Rebecca's heart for, for freedom. But it was for freedom that Christ died, wasn't it? It was that we might walk in that freedom, that we might be whole because we're in Christ. We're in need of nothing. When we're in him, we have everything that we have need of. So I believe that God is going to deal with some anxiety and stress if you'll allow him to. Because, you know, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He knocks. He says, are you ready to get rid of this? Are you ready to let this go? He doesn't come in and bamboozle over our will. We've We've been given free will. And he's a gentleman. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 instructs us to trust in the Lord with some of your heart. No, 
all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In some of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. No. And it's so difficult. The all is in the Bible. It's so difficult to let go of everything, to trust God with everything. But you know he's trustworthy hands. And what the enemy wants is for you to trust in your own thinking. Sometimes we know these scriptures so well, we can just reel them off our tongue. But I believe that God wants us to live from the heart, these scriptures, that we truly know what it means to trust him with everything we are and everything that we have. God wants our faith to be bigger than our fear. We have in our guest room a a little sign that says, let your faith be bigger than your fear. And sometimes these colloquialisms, these sayings are so easy to just roll off the tongue. But what if your faith was bigger than your fear? You'd have no reason not to step out. You'd have no reason to be concerned, inverted commas, for anything. If you were with us last night, then you would have heard a little bit of our story, so I'm not going to go over that. But uh, just a quick recap for those online, and if you weren't, at the age of 36, we're from Wales in the UK, and at age of 36, the Lord challenged us with our eternal legacy. What were we living for? You know that dash between the date that you're born and the date that you'd, you pass. What was our lives going to count for? And so we surrendered. We said, okay, Lord, we'll give you one year. And we sold everything, left our successful business careers, and went to Bible school in Dallas, Texas, which was really out of our box. Dallas, Texas, from small community in Wales. We didn't know who we were. When people would say, so who are you? Mark would say, I'm Mark from CC Sports. Um, I used to be Mark from CC Sports. And I would say, well, um, um, well, my name is Julie, and I used to be Julie from the press. But without what we did, we had no idea who we were in Christ. And so the journey began to finding out. God took us on an amazing God adventure from one year. We gave him 2003. We gave the Lord one year. And we're in 2023 now, right? That was 20 years ago. And we've never looked back. It's been a God adventure as missionaries in Africa, Europe, and now here for the last six years in North America, in the US of A, which we struggled with initially. But we know God has called us. He's given us a voice. He's given us a message. We've been sounding the alarm to redig the wells of the revival here. So we've been full-time missionaries for 20 years now, but I'm going to take you back to part of the story that Mark didn't cover last night. In 2016, following a time of serving as senior pastors for 10 years in the southwest of England, God called us to relocate our ministry to the U.S. We didn't understand. We didn't know what it looked like. It was kind of like Abraham. You go to a land that I'll show you. So we sold everything up. Again, we say, here we are, Lord, press the reset button. What's next? And he called us to redig the wells of revival and to mobilize the U.S. church for mission. Because we know when the U.S. gets it, you get it. You were one of the greatest or the greatest mission-sending nation 
of all time up until the last few years. And Brazil and South Korea has taken over from you. They are now the greatest missionary sending nations. So that's why we're here. We're going into our seventh year in August of this year. Um, seven, as you know, is a, is a good biblical number. It's the year of fulfillment, completion, and healing. And we really believe that this year, 2023, is the fulfillment of everything we've done in the last six years prior. We have a newsletter um, out there in the foyer. We have some fridge magnets. Please take a fridge magnet. It just says on there, please pray for Mark and Julie. And it's a visual. We have a friend in Oklahoma, and he puts it right by the water dispenser. So every morning when he, gets to get a cup of, when he goes to get a cup of water, he says a quick prayer for us. We need your prayer covering. And we'd love to stay in touch. We want to make ourselves available to you. We drive 35 to 40,000 miles around the US. We didn't drive here. We flew this time. So we have plenty of time to agree with you in prayer. So we want to be available for you. So sign up, get our email newsletter. These are just every two or three months, the paper one. And we don't send those to everyone. But the email one is shorter and more frequent. So you'll be able to track with us. As we were praying at the end of, of last year, the Lord gave us the mandate, 23 states in 2023, to bring revival and breakthrough. We feel like we have a mandate to carry and an anointing to carry breakthrough and revival. You know, Mark's roots are in the Welsh revival. His grandmother remembers her parents coming in, singing in the spirit from the Welsh revival. So we have good, strong roots we don't know how that's going to happen. And even this is our fifth state now here in Oregon, our 49th overall state of being in the U.S. But on this tour, it's our fifth state. We have no idea how we're going to get to 2023. But that's not unusual for us to not know what God is up to. And that's where the faith and trust comes in. But we believe that America desperately needs revival. And we're beginning to see some fires burn around this nation again. The church is going to have to rise up. And the church isn't a building. It's not even a group of people. The church is you and me. Wherever he calls us, wherever we find ourselves, we are the church. And it's time that we made that stand for him. So Mark shared some highlights of our journey. And there are many, many miraculous moments. If we had more time with you, we'd share more of them. Just, I was just a little bit overwhelmed in worship, just thinking, Lord, what am I doing here? And I was reminded of what I said to some of you last night. He chose you. He said, I chose you. I chose you to be here tonight. So whatever I think about me and what I'm capable of, he's chosen me. And he's chosen you to be here tonight to hear this. I just want to share one of those miraculous stories with you as I begin this evening. It gave me a whole new opportunity to trust God on a level like I'd never experienced. And this was after selling up everything and going where we didn't know we were going twice, not just once. You'd think once would be enough to build your faith, but oh no, I obviously needed it twice. So as we relocated, I guess I'm a bit on the stubborn side. I don't know. I don't like to think that I am, but I think, you know, what did Mark say? God looks to the heart. He knows what I'm like on the inside. 
You know, sometimes we can look at someone with a microphone or up front or sharing, speaking, and you have just you think they have a perfect family, perfect life, that they've never experienced the things that you're going through or you've been through. But Jesus said in John 16, verse 33, he was preparing his disciples, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. When we become a new creation, we're in Christ. So if he is overcome, then we overcome because we're in Christ, right? We can't be in Christ, but then not overcomers because he has already overcome and we're in him. So that makes us overcomers. And we faced our share of trouble as a couple. We've been married now 24 years. Uh, we've both been married before and you know, that brings its own issues. But, you know, God has been so faithful. I love that song that we sang, you know, all my life you have been faithful. And as I look back over my life, he's been faithful. And he continues to be faithful. So let me just take you back to that period of time. We've been pastors for 10 years, 2005 to 2015. And the Lord says, I believe this is a year of transition for you to prepare new leaders to hand over the church. And then I'll show you what's next. And we're like, can't you show us now? <laughs> we put the house on, on the market and in four days, the house sold. And the house didn't just sell in four days, but the people coming to look at the house, they bought all the furniture, including the bed we were sleeping on. The refrigerator, the washing machine, the dryer, they just bought everything. They just said, leave everything there. Just take your belongings and we'll just buy the lot. And that is so unusual in the UK. That never happens. So we're like, okay, Lord, I guess we're going overseas somewhere because we can't take this stuff with us. You've sold it anyway. And so our first stop was, you know, God's got a sense of humor, you know, for I know the plans I have for you, Mark says very sarcastically. I'm glad you know, Lord, because I haven't got a clue what you're doing. <laughs> and we've had many, many of those occasions. But this occasion, we took off to, um, to the U.S. We've got good friends all around the U.S. that we met at Bible school. So our first stop was actually our Bible school that we graduated from, Christ of the Nations in Dallas. And it was the Voice of Healing Conference. And it was quite an, an emotional departure from people that you know and love and done life with for 10 years. And we're like, we just need to regroup. So we go to the Voice of Healing Conference. And while we were there, the um, executive director of the school says, you know, can I have dinner with you? I need to speak to you and Mark. You know, we've got a problem with the mission school. And it was the mission school that we graduated from. We're like... So well, that's, what's that got to do with us, you know? And he says, well, I need you to help us. Will you cancel your travel plans and just come and help us with the students? So teach them, equip them for a semester, and then send them off to field schools around the world. And we're like, how can we say no to that? How can we say no to investing in young people and sending them out to the nations? It was like, yes, of course we'll help. And so we stayed three months and we... Um, equipped the students, sent them off to their field schools. And then we were invited on to staff and we thought, yes, thank you, Lord. This is our next assignment. We found it. You didn't keep us waiting too long. So we came home Christmas time and we had to get the visa stamped to say that we could now work in the U.S., um, religious worker visas, because we just volunteered because really we were just visitors. We were on a visitor visa. So we were home for two weeks, and I did a quick visit to my doctor's office. 
And the doctor had been my um, GP, what do you call it? Primary care doctor, I guess that's what you would call it here, for 10 years. And so she knew that we transitioned out of the church. And she said, what's next? And Mark said, oh, we're off to Dallas. We're going to train students. We're all excited about our next assignment. And she said, how are you? And I said, mm, I don't know. When I go to the bathroom occasionally, I, I think I might have some hemorrhoids. So she said, let me examine you, which I wasn't expecting. In the UK, it's nationalized medicine. What they usually do is they write you a prescription and send you on your way. So I wasn't expecting the examination thing. So I'm like, oh, okay. And as she's examining me, she's saying, no, 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 no. Like, what in the world? She said, get dressed, sit down. You're not going anywhere. You don't book those flights. I'm referring you to cancer services. I was like, whoa. But we've got students waiting. We've got a whole semester planned of classes. And she says, you're not booking those flights. You're not going anywhere. And it was Christmas time. I'm like, what? Lord, I don't get this. So we were faced with the diagnosis of cancer. I was 50, had a long-term 50. My father had passed at 46 with cancer, and here we were with a cancer diagnosis. There was us thinking that we were starting our next assignment, but have you ever heard this, the saying, when you go to new levels, you sometimes encounter new devils? This was a whole new level of multiplying ourselves to send people to the nations. We could go and serve in a nation, but there's just two of us. But if we could equip 30 students and send them out... That's 30 times. And so here we were with a cancer diagnosis. We had no home, remember? Sold everything. We had no job, so no income. But I'm here to tell you, the Lord provided. He's no man's debtor. He provided everything that we had need of. But it was one of those times where I could have allowed the enemy to run wild. You know, the what ifs. What if? And what's going to happen to me? What about the future, Lord? What? Why? Do you know when I had a meeting with the oncologist, he, he said to me, I'm really sorry, but we're going to have to do the chemotherapy radiation route because that's the only thing available to you. And I said, okay, if that's your recommendation. He said, I have to say, you're taking this really well. He said, most people say, why? Why me? And I said, why not me? This happens to people all the time. Why not me? And he said, I've not heard that before. So anyway, we went back to, after the, the GP visit, we went back to our friends. Good Methodist, spirit-filled Methodist pastor and his wife. Good, good friends. And they're older than us. So as I walked in through the door, she said, clean bill of health? And I just shook my head. I was like, what? I don't know what to say to that. So Mark says, no, we're going to have to stay here. Julie's been diagnosed with cancer. It was anal cancer. So the first thing they do, there are prayer intercessors, even now, today. They follow us. We give them our itinerary, and they carry us in prayer. Let's go to prayer. The first thing was, let's go to prayer. And I heard, as I couldn't pray, I just didn't have any words. I think I was just in shock. But as they were praying around me, I just felt like the Lord said to me, just another testimony. And my grace is sufficient. Just another testimony. 
and my grace is sufficient. I was able to hold tightly onto those statements as the treatment unfolded. We had a, almost a two-hour journey daily to the hospital. I couldn't go to the local hospital. It had to be a special hospital because it was a special kind of cancer that wasn't usual. But you know, at that moment when I was diagnosed, when I finally had the diagnosis and the treatment was laid out for me, I had a choice. Was I going to crumble under fear of what could or should or might happen? Or was I going to stand on what God had given me? His word to me, just another testimony. And my grace is sufficient. Sometimes we are faced with that choice. Whose report are we going to believe? So in January 2016, in a hospital in the UK, was the first day I started chemotherapy and radiation. That is not how I thought 2016 was going to start, I have to say. I was told I'd need a, a further three months recovery. Um, so January till the end of March was treatment, and then March to June. They said, don't do anything, don't plan anything until the end of June. But you know, this was so unexpected. It was, you, we were just going, going after God. It was our next assignment. We knew where we were going, what we were doing. We were so excited. And then, boom, like the rug had been pulled. Have you ever felt like that? Where the rug just get, pfft. And you're like, what now? But Jeremiah 29 verse 11 tells us that God's plans are to prosper us. Prosper means to burst through. It's got nothing to do with finance. It's about breaking through, bursting through. And I was determined to burst through to a new day. I knew that I hadn't fulfilled what he'd called me on this earth to do. I didn't know what it was in its fullness. I just knew that I wasn't done. I wasn't done. I had that, that choice, that decision at that moment to go into panic mode or to say, okay, God, I receive your word and you're going to take me through. I'm going to burst through to a new day. But we made the decision, Mark and I, that we were going to glorify God no matter what happened. No matter what happened, we were just going to use this experience to glorify God. Were there some tough days? Yeah, there were some tough days, not too many. He saved me from a lot of the side effects, and that's a huge testimony that I won't go into. But God is faithful. I just want to tell you, God is faithful. We sang that all my days. You have been faithful. I'm held in the palm of your hand. Wow, what a powerful, powerful song. You have led me through the fire. I love your voice. It was at this time where I felt the closest to God that I've ever felt. You know, when we're empty of ourselves, when we've got nothing left to give, there was no way that we could fix this. There was nothing that Mark could do, and he's a Mr. Fix-It. He can fix anything, but this was out of our control. We had a choice just to fully trust in God's word to us. Whilst I was going through the treatment, uh, we kind of were isolated because the treatment was in England, our families in Wales. We were no longer part of the church. The new pastors were there, so we'd already bowed out and just gave him free reign. And we didn't even have church family around us. It was me, Mark, and the Lord. And during that time, that should have been an awful time, 
a horrible time. He strengthened us and he strengthened our relationship with him. I can safely say as much as I've tried to press in since, I've never felt that close to the Lord since. And I want to get back to that place. It shouldn't take a tragedy or the rug being pulled for us to know that he's with us, that he's for us every minute of every day. But there was on Facebook, there was a quote that really spoke to me by Toby Mack. And it said, at any given moment, you have the power to say, this is not how my story is going to end. We have a choice. Do you know when I saw that quote, I made that decision daily. I would say, in the name of Jesus, this is not how my story is going to end. I had lots of people, hundreds of people around the world praying for me, and I felt those prayers. So as you feel prompted to pray for someone, be obedient, just do it, because they'll feel the benefit. So fast forward to March 2016. I went to the oncologist just for checkup. He said, I'm, I'm not going to examine you. Most people can't even sit down at this stage. I just want to set my eyes on you. I just want to check you're doing okay. Emotionally, I think is what he meant, not physically. And I said, I'm good. You can examine me if you like. I'm uncomfortable. But, you know, you can examine me if you like. He says, really? So he went ahead and examined me. And he said, you've come through this remarkably well. And I said, well, my God said, this is just another testimony. And my grace is sufficient. I said, and the, the prayers of the saints work. And he said to me, obviously, obviously. He just couldn't believe it. That's the faithfulness of the God that we serve. That he's given you a word. You can take it to the bank. It's guaranteed. You can stand on it. And it may not come forth in your timing, because he's, he's outside of our timing. You know, a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years is like a day. You know, but if he's given you a word, you can take it to the bank. You can stand on it, and you can keep standing on it until you, you see it come to fruition. So don't allow disappointment and negative reports to diminish your faith in the promises of God to you. Because you know what he's promised you. And the enemy will come in and say, oh, yeah, right. Yes, right. The promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus. So you tell the enemy where to go. Yes, my God has made this commitment to me. He's promised me. This is his word to me. And I choose to stand on it and reject all other negative comments and thoughts. So remember, at any given moment, you have the power to say, the power in your words. You have the power to say, this is not how my story is going to end. God is bigger than anything that you're facing right now. And he's bigger and stronger and more able than anything that you will ever face in the future. It's time to activate our faith. We're in a season where the world needs to see the church. You and me rise up, be strong, be confident, to, to live in his peace whilst the chaos is reigning around us. The oncologist said at, at my appointment, everything is perfect. He didn't just say, you're good to go, you'll be okay. No, he said, everything is perfect. That's the God that I serve. Everything is perfect. Full restoration. Don't settle for anything less. 
restoration. As I waited on the Lord recently, he gave me this equation. Restoration equals revive plus refresh plus refire. So who's in need of reviving tonight? Anybody need some reviving? What about refreshing? Who needs some refreshing? You know, sometimes life gets on us, doesn't it? We need that refreshing of the Holy Spirit. What about refiring? Who needs to be refired? Yes. Amen. Well, if, it's, and if you're anything like me, the answer is yes, yes, and yes. Do you ever have a kind of week where you just think, I'm just going to throw the towel in. I am done. I am so worn out. I'm so fed up. I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Anybody have weeks like that? I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up. <laughs> but we are family here. And I, ha I have those times too. In 1 Peter 5 verse 7, it says, Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns. This is the amplified version. On him, casting all your concerns, once and for all, on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection. And he watches over you very carefully. I love this. It just gives you the depth, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, whatever you call them, cast them once and for all unto him. Why? Because he cares with deepest affection for you, cares about every detail that concerns you, and he watches over you carefully. All our anxious worries, all our anxious thoughts. I know what you're saying. I know what you're thinking. Oh, that's easier said than done. Especially if you feel like you have a spiritual gift of worry. But you know we're called to be warriors, not worriers. Have you got it? Warriors, not warriors. I'm always concerned about my accent that you don't get it. <laughs> but we're in the Lord's army. We're to fight. He gives us the power to fight with. He gives us his Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Worry is the result of a serious lack of trust in God and the lack of revelation of the true extent of his love. And we truly get it, just how much he loves us. Then we start to begin to trust we fear what we don't understand. So the more we get to that place of knowledge and understanding of the Lord, the more we are going to relinquish to him, the more we're likely to trust him. I heard recently that worry can be described as virtual atheism. Ouch. Ouch. Virtual atheism. And yet we're professing the Lord as Lord and Savior, Jesus is my Lord. And yet, do we really trust? Do we really surrender all? I want to look at the English Standard verse, Version of 1 Peter 5, verse 6. Um, in some translation, 
um, the six and seven, it appears as a single sentence, a single concept, um, and it connects the important ideas of humility and anxiety. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never put those two things together, humility and anxiety. But let's read it. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So there's a single thought there that when we humble ourselves before God, when we get real, when we get real with God, then we're able to cast our anxiety upon him. But you know, it's not enough to say, okay, God, I give up. Over to you. Wouldn't that be easy? We just sit back and say, okay, God, you can make it all happen. No, it doesn't happen like that. Casting, casting our cares, casting our anxieties. It's an intentional action. How many fishermen do we have here? Or fisher ladies? Anybody fish? Yeah, used to, a few of you. So do you stand there with your pole and just hope that the fish hops on? No, it doesn't happen like that, does it? You have to be intentional. You cast. You're, it's an intentional action. You cast a stone. Casting is to throw out, to throw off, or to throw away. We're instructed to cast out demons in Jesus' name. It's the job description of the believer. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. It's an intentional action. And this reminds me of a recent situation. We were traveling down through, through the U.S. and we, were, we went to stay with our friends in Biloxi. And they were having a tent revival. It was their first night. And they said, oh, come on down. You can, you can help us. And we're like, okay. Whatever you want us to do, we'll serve. We just love to serve. And so they made the announcement that if you were... If you're giving your heart to Jesus, then you would come to this team of people and they would take you to another tent to minister to you. But if you needed a healing or a miracle, then Mark and Julie were here. <laughs> we're like, oh, great, thanks. <laughs> Over to you, Lord. <laughs> this is nothing about us. So we looked at each other and we're like, okay, Lord, <laughs> we're ready. <laughs> and the first lady that I was able to minister to, young girl, pretty girl, she comes out and she says... I said to her, what do you want from Jesus tonight? She said, I just want more of Jesus. I just want more of him. I'm like, thank you, Lord. This is an easy one. <laughs> Can I just be real with you tonight? <laughs> so as I began to pray in the spirit, I keep hearing the word trauma. And I said to her, I keep hearing the word trauma. Does that mean something to you? And she said, I've lived my life in trauma for 35 years. I didn't think she was even 35. So, okay, I just began to pray in the spirit, take authority over a spirit of trauma. And as I rebuked a spirit of trauma and cast it out, she began to scream, this ear-piercing scream. And then she goes, out in the spirit. So I went down with her. I kept my hand on her, no performance necessary. Thank you, Jesus, you're setting her free. And so she was crying and, and weeping. And then all of a sudden, as I'm praying the Spirit, I'm making declarations of who she is in Christ, the true identity. You cast something out, but you have to replace it with truth. You cast out lies, but you have to replace it with the truth to keep the enemy out. And then she begins to laugh. 
and laugh and laugh. As hard as she'd been crying, it turned to laughter. When she recovered and I helped her up and we just hugged and embraced and she said, well, I wasn't expecting that. And I really wanted to say neither was I. (laughs) I find out later the pastor's wife says to me, this is how she talks, girl, you just delivered that girl. (laughs) You delivered a demon. I'm like, it was all Jesus, it's okay. I find out this young woman who'd lived her life in trauma all those years, and I didn't know to, need to know the detail because he does, had been set free that night. She was a worship leader from a neighboring church. We never know what people are carrying. You don't know what people are carrying. But that was an intentional action. I had to take authority. I had to cast that, that spirit of trauma off her. And I had to be intentional about putting the truth into her so she could take a hold of it. God wants us to live unhindered. He wants us to be the ones that set others free. That when we come through something, when he strengthens us, we can lend a hand and we can pull the next person out and we can pull them up. We're meant to be his hands and his feet here. We know all the sayings. Oh, we're God's Jesus' hands and feet. But what does that mean? Sometimes it means getting in the trenches with people, getting in their mess and loving them anyway until they come through. Psalm 55 verse 22 says, Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. There's that cast, that intentional action once again. So let's get back to the equation. Restoration equals revive, refresh, and refire. I love restoration because it's what God has done in my life in various ways. But revive, the Hebrew word for revive is chaya, and it means to bring back to life, to restore to consciousness, to restore to a previous condition. It means restoration, rejuvenation, Oh, listen to this one. Renewal of interest after spiritual neglect. To become active or flourishing. Again, do any of those statements resonate with you tonight? Renewal of interest after spiritual neglect. I have never seen that in a dictionary before. Revival is not a service. It's not an event. It's a personal revival of our hearts towards God. Revival is for us. It's not for the world. The outworking of it is that souls get saved, healed and delivered. But revival is for God's people. It's for you and me. He wants to revive our hearts again. He wants us to flourish. And without reformation, there's no true revival. Mark gave some examples of the 1904 Welsh revival where the society was reformed It was changed. The judges were given the white gloves because there was no crime. There were no trials, no cases to try. The police department got shut down. Children in school would just say, Miss, Miss, how can I be saved? And they were teaching math. No no one was preaching. There's just this wave of conviction by the Holy Spirit. It was a supernatural work of God and the hearts of his people. True revival brings reformation. And when our hearts are revived, 
our behavior follows. As a man thinketh, so is he. When we are revived, when we're refocused, we are revived and then we help to revive others. Refresh. Refresh means to invigorate, to give new strength and new energy to, to replenish, to renovate, to arouse or stimulate, to restore or maintain by renewing supply. What did Paul say? He said, be filled. And it means to be being filled. It's an ongoing action. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be being filled. To renew or to revive. You know, sometimes on the computers, we, we click the refresh button. And that means that we're updating, right? You get the latest information when you press the refresh button. But I think sometimes we need to press the refresh button in our hearts. Sometimes we're operating on some old data. We need some fresh revelation, a fresh encounter, a fresh word from the Lord. The Apostle, said, Apostle Paul said, writing to the early Christians in Rome, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the refreshing of your mind, by the fresh revelation by my spirit, that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It's time to refresh some pages. It's time for him to revive our hearts. It's time to refresh some pages. And to refire means to set a light again. The Lord said, I want you to ignite the fires of revival. And we had a prophetic word back last year that we were like igniters. We were setting this, this congregation on fire. Now go in there and just putting the fire into them. Setting your pants on fire. Isn't that what it is, Pastor? We're here to set your pants on fire. <laughs> your underwear, your trousers, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> To reignite or to rekindle, to supply with fuel or to attend to. Some of us need refueling. Some of us need to attend to the things of God, attend to the things in our lives that are causing us to be distracted or maybe derailed in our faith. Does your faith need to be set alight again? Do you remember that first time where you met Jesus? Do you remember that time when he first set your heart on fire? It's so easy for us to get lukewarm and to go through the motions. But that first love, he's calling us back to, his, to our first love. Just that moment when we knew that we knew that we knew that Jesus loved us and died for us. And when we received him, when we received that truth into our hearts, the Holy Spirit wants to restore, rejuvenate, renew, reestablish, reaffirm all the re's. He wants to light a fire under you so that you can go further than you could ever think possible. You may be like me. Why would you use me, Lord? Could you use me, Lord? The answer is yes. Not just could he, but he wants to, he desires to, and he chooses you. But the question is, will you allow him? Will you give Holy Spirit free reign? Will you release? 
everything into his safekeeping. As we conclude this service, I encourage you to humble yourselves in, in the sight of God. Receive a divine exchange tonight. Exchange your anxious thoughts for God's peace. And the truth, receive his truth that he cares for you. He cares about everything that concerns you. Every little jot and tittle, as the old King James puts it. There's nothing that escapes his gaze, and he knows it anyway. His plan for you is good, to help you burst through, to prosper, to give you a, a great future, to give you fresh hope. Exchange your doubts about whether God will come through for you with his promises. Do you know he's not a man? He does not lie. He's trustworthy. If he's given you a word, it will come to pass. And all things work together for your good when you're called according to his purpose. We have to stand on the truth of God's word. We have to get his truth into us so that at those times of panic when I could have been in the fight or flight mode, and believe me, that first day of chemotherapy and radiation was a fight or flight mode. I have never felt fear like that before where I could just run rather than walk through those doors. But I had to take a deep breath and say, Lord, you said this is just another testimony and your grace is sufficient, so I'm going to go through that door because I know you're with me and you're going to take me through. A standing on the truth of his word. Are you going to exchange tonight your disappointments and your discouragement to be infused afresh with his encouragement. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to give you courage. He can do so much more, immeasurably more than you ask, think, or imagine. Jesus is our sure and certain hope. He's a strong tower, and he will always make a way. Will you exchange tonight your sickness and your emotional pain and receive his divine healing and wholeness? The price has been paid. He can't do any more than he's already done. By his stripes, we were healed. It's a done deal. It's a done deal, but we have to appropriate it. We have to receive it. We have to walk in it. I encourage you, whatever it is that's causing you to hold back or to believe that God is holding back on you, just let it go tonight. As we come to the conclusion of this service, I just encourage you to come leave it at the altar your cares your concerns your family your finances your health whatever it is cast that care that concern be intentional this evening and receive in exchange his full restoration allow him to revive refresh and restore you that's his heart's desire he wants you thriving he wants you thriving, not just existing. We weren't made to exist. We were meant to thrive in the kingdom of God. Let him restore your heart today. It's time to make that decision to activate what God has placed in you. It's time to turn up the fires, turn up the heat, and say, okay, Lord, I know you're calling me to do this, and I haven't had the courage, but give me the courage. 
give me courage tonight. Help me release all my concerns and all the obstacles that are hindering me from being what you're calling me to be and doing the things that you're calling me to do. I'm here to tell you that you're not to let your past dictate your future. He's a good, good father. And there's not one good thing that he would withhold from you tonight or any time. But don't let your past dictate your future. As Joyce Meyer would say, I'm not what I was and I'm not what I'm going to be, but I'm on my way there. Allow him to move you forward into what he has planned for you. It's a good plan. It's an exciting plan. It's an adventurous plan. And yes, you don't have control over it, but you don't need it. You don't need control because he is in control when we release it to him. So will you stand with me tonight? Thank you for being so attentive. I hope that the Lord is stirring something in your heart. And you see that divine exchange tonight for what it is that he's speaking to you individually. He knows anyway. He knows your struggles. He knows the trial that you're going through. And he knows where he wants to take you. Mark. Just as you stand before the Lord tonight, as Julie was sharing that story of the cancer diagnosis, and you know, I had tears in my eyes as she was sharing that story, as I was reliving those moments of standing before a holy God saying, God, this is not the plan that I had in my heart. This is not what I thought we were going to be dealing with. You know, Julie said, I'm a Mr. Fix-It. And I'm like... God, I know this is not a surprise to you, but boy, is it a shock to us right now. Sometimes we go through situations and circumstances, and as much as we love God and we're sold out for God and we trust God in our hearts, really there's sometimes there's just this little part of us that thinks that there is something in us that can or can't do something. And I feel God's word to you tonight as, you, as we throw the altars open is, Will you surrender? As I was praying and waiting on the Lord for tonight's service, the scripture in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 came to my heart. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Can I just read that to you from the Message Bible, the Message version of Galatians 2, verse 19 to 21. It says it this way. It goes back a verse, and it says, what actually took place is this. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman so that I could be God's man. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer central. Can I just say that again? My ego is no longer central. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. And I am no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine, 
but it's lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How do you know if you're crucified with Christ? You know when somebody says something to you and you react to it instead of responding to it? then you know you're not crucified. When you, know, when you feel pain instantly, you know, dead people don't feel pain. So if you're crucified with Christ, you don't feel the pain. Does it, does it upset you? Well, maybe for a moment. When your identity is in what people think about you, then you can guarantee that the enemy is constantly gonna bring opportunities for you to be upset and discouraged, and hurt. It's been a long journey for Judy and I to get to where we've got right now, and we've still got a long way to go. I'm sure some of you here tonight are way ahead of us in some areas, but maybe we're ahead of you in some as well. And that is about the body of Christ helping each other tonight to, to go further, because together we can do more than we can individually. And I feel the word of the Lord to you tonight is that he wants you to be crucified with Christ. And what that means for you is that you lay down your agenda. You know, sometimes we say, I don't have an agenda until somebody else has an agenda. And you think, well, I don't want to do that. I thought you didn't have an agenda. God has a way of just bringing things around I don't believe for a moment that God will put sickness on you. I don't believe that he will put anything to harm you. But I think sometimes he will lift his hand of grace for a moment and says, okay, you want to do this your way? Then you see how you, how you get on with this. And all of a sudden, our world feels as though it's closing in around us. And we feel, God, we can't do this. I give up. And he said, well, that's what I've been waiting for you to say. I surrender. We sang that song, I surrender all. I surrender all. And then we come out for prayer, and then we say, Lord, I leave it at the altar. And then we go home, and then we just pick up a little bit of it, take it with us. Because we can't give that up. Because our identity sometimes is wrapped up in who we think we are, or others think that we are. As we come to an end of the service tonight, I, I, I'll ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. I felt the theme for tonight was transition. How many of you feel as though, I don't want you to raise your hands or anything, but just answer in your heart. How many of you feel that you're in a time of transition in your life? Julie talked about a divine exchange, a time where you give up everything you've known to, in your own security, and a time of saying, Lord, I just want your will to be done in my life. How many of you feel that maybe there's a, a change coming for you, but you don't know what it looks like? I just feel tonight it's like that invisible bridge that you see in the, lost, the, the uh, uh, Indiana Jones movie, you know, and, and he steps out, and until he steps out, the bridge doesn't appear. I feel that Lord says to you tonight that faith is spelt R-I-S-K. If you will take a risk tonight and you will say, Lord, I will give up everything of mine tonight, my agenda, 
my own personality. Lord, help me to be more like you. Help me to crucify my flesh daily so that I can respond in everyday situations instead of reacting out of fear, out of worry, out of anxiety. This evening, as we throw the altars open, I feel the word of the Lord to you as a church tonight. This is talking to Vineyard Church in Grants Pass. I feel the word of the Lord to you is this is a time to raise your level of expectation. This is a time that you step up and be counted more than ever before. The Lord says to you tonight that I'm pleased with you and what you've achieved so far. But this is the time, says the Lord, where the pressure is going to come from the north and the south and the east and the west. And it's only those who have crucified the flesh that will stand and have confidence in the God that has called them. Are you prepared today to lay down everything that you have done, all your achievements, all the things that you have said, look what we have done for the Lord. Are you prepared to lay them down tonight and says, Lord, Without you, we are nothing. Without you, we have achieved nothing. Use us for your glory. I believe the word of the Lord to you today is that I have positioned you for such a time as this. I have placed you in the, in the, the vision of so many people in the focus of so many people. There are people watching you as a body of Christ. There are people who are looking to you through the school that you have, through the lives that you've changed. People are watching you. And I believe that God is opening the floodgates of heaven over this church in this season. I believe there is a breakthrough coming for this congregation I believe there are going to be times in worship where there will not be words to sing because the presence of God is going to be so heavy in this room that some of you are not going to be able to stand in his presence. I believe that there is going to be a move of the Holy Spirit in this church, in this season, says the Lord, whereas I'm going to prepare you for the more that you're asking me for. The Lord says, I'm stripping away at the moment. I'm stripping away your ego. I'm stripping away your self-reliance. I'm stripping away those things that you have, have relied on quietly in the background. And I'm preparing hearts who are surrendered before me to carry my glory, not just in this building, not on this campus, but throughout your workplace, into your families, into your places of influence, into your social circle, says the Lord. This is a time where the church rises up. And instead of looking to be the church gathered, you will be the church scattered. And you are going to take ground from the enemy in this valley. This valley is going to be known for a place where God is moving where the fire of God is greater than any forest fire that you've seen in this place. So, Father, we say, come, Lord Jesus. Come and set us alight tonight, Lord. 
If you want to respond to that word tonight, if you want to say, Lord, here I am, use my life, come and stand with me and Julie at the front tonight. We'd love to pray over you. But I believe that there's just something about repositioning yourself tonight and saying, Lord, here I am, use me. Here I am, Lord, use me. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Is this someone struggling with a kidney um, condition here this evening? Okay, the Lord wants to heal your condition tonight. If you're online, you can receive the healing online. There's no distance in the spirit in the name of Jesus. Okay, Father God, I thank you for this word, Lord, because you watch over your word to perform it. So, Lord, we thank you for creative miracle for this second kidney. We, we pray, we, de we declare and decree, release your healing virtue into my brother's body for this kidney to be fully functioning and to give him a new kidney. You're a creative God and you know exactly what he has need of. So we release your healing virtue right now. You watch over your word to perform and we declare your healing in the name of Jesus. Be healed in Jesus' name. Is there anyone else? Kidney. The other thing that I felt the Lord wanted to heal tonight is migraines. Is there anyone that, that is suffering or suffers periodically with migraines? Okay. Again, if it's you online, you can receive this word for yourself. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Migraines go in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for new neurological pathways to be made straight with no interference in the synapse in the name of Jesus. Migraines go in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your healing virtue that is flowing right now in my sister's brain. Lord, I thank you for alignment, body, soul, and spirit right now. I release your healing anointing, your healing virtue in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. We celebrate your goodness, God. We thank you, Lord, for freedom, freedom from migraines in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? If you need healing for anything tonight, bring it to the Lord. Release it to Him. Receive His healing touch, His healing anointing. There's nothing that escapes His gaze, and nothing, gaze, and nothing is too difficult for Him. Yeah, if you need healing in a part of your body and you can put your hand on it or in the area, if you do that right now. Father God, I thank you for your healing anointing in this place that is flowing. Lord, I thank you that you're no respecter of persons. And by your stripes, Jesus, you paid the price. We are healed for every sickness and infirmity in this place. Now go in the name of Jesus. I declare you are healed and you are whole in Jesus' name. Receive your healing. Receive your healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
if you're standing at the front tonight because you want to surrender to the Lord, I'll ask you to raise your arms with me. Raise your hands towards heaven tonight and say, just, just declare, Lord, I give up. Lord, take away all my ego tonight. Take away everything that's hindering me tonight. Take away the burdens, Lord, that I'm carrying. Take away the yoke that I'm carrying, Lord. And give me your yoke tonight, Lord Jesus. For your yoke is easy. And your burden is light. Tonight I exchange my burden for your burden. Tonight I exchange my yoke for your yoke. I rebuke the yoke of the enemy tonight. And I receive the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. Empty me of me tonight, Lord. And fill me with your presence. Help me to understand who I am in Christ. Help me to see myself as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. Help me to realize I'm an heir of salvation tonight. Help me to understand that I am joint heir with Jesus tonight. Everything available to Jesus is available to me. Resurrection power lives on the inside of me. Send me, Lord, to my neighbors and the nations. Father, I pray tonight for everyone that's prayed those words and made that declaration. This is the army of God in Grants Pass, Oregon. These are the people that you have raised up, Lord Jesus. Father, people that other people may have even overlooked at times, God. But Father, you do not overlook anything because you look on the heart of people who are ready. So Father, we thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit here tonight, Lord Jesus. Not only inside of us tonight, Lord, the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. But tonight, Lord, your tangible presence in this place. That collectively, Lord Jesus, your word says where two are gathered, two or three are gathered, you're in the midst. Father, we thank you for your tangible presence in this place tonight. And Father, we give you permission to invade every aspect of this church, Lord Jesus, every church that's represented you tonight. We give you permission, Lord, to come and take away our agendas, take away our thoughts, Lord. Our thoughts are not your thoughts, and our ways are not your ways. But tonight, Lord Jesus, we call to the King of heaven and say, Lord, we are yours and you are mine. Thank you, Lord Jesus, tonight, because you have done all things well. It is finished tonight. There is a finished work of the cross. Every sickness in this place is cast down tonight in Jesus' name. Every disease, every depression, every anxiety today that has risen itself up in this place and has, has depressed people and discouraged people in this place, we break the power of that tonight in the name of Jesus' 
and we set people free. These people are warriors and not warriors, as Julie said, Lord. Father, let them rise up as warriors for the kingdom of God. Let worry flee from them tonight, Lord Jesus. Father, we rebuke worry. We rebuke stress. We rebuke anxiety tonight, Lord. We rebuke any discouragement and depression tonight in the name of Jesus. And we release the power and anointing of your Holy Spirit in a new measure in each and every person in this place tonight, Lord. Thank you, Father, for life and life to the full tonight. Father, we know that the enemy came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Tonight we say no more. No more. We've drawn a line around this, Lord. Your warring angels are around us, each and every one of us, Lord. I pray for every family represented here, Lord, every household represented, that you're, we plead the blood of Jesus over each and every person here tonight, Lord Jesus. The enemy has no place in this church. The enemy has no, those who are discouraged in this church, we rebuke discouragement tonight, Lord Jesus, and we speak life, Lord. Father, there's no division in this church. We rebuke division in the name of Jesus, and we speak unity that commands your blessing in this place tonight. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God, for all that you want to do in this place, Lord, that you want to refresh people tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. You want to work on the insides of each of us tonight, and God, we give you permission. We give you permission. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Pastor Doug, I just feel that, that there's something in you praying tonight as the leader. And just to declare, just a war cry tonight of who God has called you. You are the leader of this army. Oh, my goodness. I just want to see everybody's face. I'm up here. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, God. Father, I just pray that tonight, Father, what we've been hearing last night and tonight, God, would be so clear. It would be like we've said before, like a church bell on a cold winter day in a far-off distance. We would hear it that clear. Father, you're calling all of us. You're calling all of us. This is not a spectator <clears throat> arena. You get to get out of the grandstands, and you're coming out into the field because you get to play. Everybody gets to play. Everybody gets to serve. Amen? We need all hands on deck. We need you. And I hope, I hope you have had your trousers lit on fire. <laughs> I'll be politically correct here. Oh, my goodness. I just feel it. I just have felt this for quite some time that God's been turning up the heat. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do into the future. So, Father, we say yes and amen to all your plans we say yes, God, to the calling that you placed on our lives, God. Father, from the time that you formed and fashioned us before you, you even placed us in our mother's womb, God, you called us. You placed in us gifts. You placed in us the things that you wanted us to use to expand your kingdom. So, Father, we say please, ah, oh, 
Release that, God, in the name of Jesus. Release those gifts. Release those anointings. Give us the courage, God, to stand up in this moment, in this season, in this time, to speak all forth your word, God, to a, to a world that so desperately needs to hear from you. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, God. Mm. And, Father, we just say yes. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I just want you to address something tonight in your life. If you've had a label put on your life tonight, if you've, been, you've grown up and people have said, oh, they're always like this and they're known for this, or maybe people have said to you, oh, you're just a worrier, or you're always worried. Maybe you're, you're always anxious. Maybe somebody has said you're stupid. Maybe somebody has, has called you that you're not ever going to amount for anything. Maybe somebody's labeled you with something like ADHD. Or maybe there's something that they've, they've said, well, that's just what you are. And maybe you've taken ownership of this and you've even said my ADHD or my situation or my heart condition. Maybe you've taken on a diagnosis from a doctor tonight. And you, unknowingly to yourself, you've, you've just accepted that and that there's a label written over it. I just see the Holy Spirit setting fire to that label tonight. Setting fire to that label. That you're only going to be known as a son or a daughter of the living God. You're going to be known as an ambassador for Christ. There's nothing's going to hold you back tonight. But I just want you, if, if, if that's you tonight, raise your hands. And think about whatever that label is that's written over you tonight. And say, that, that's not who I am tonight. That's not who I am. That doesn't belong to me tonight. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, sickness has no place within me. Debilitation has no place within me. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's where the Holy Spirit lives. It dwells. It's where it operates from. Not just operates in, but operates from. You are God's secret weapon tonight. You are God's secret agent tonight. You are God's superhero tonight. Some of you need to rip off. Don't do it tonight. Please don't do it. Rip off that T-shirt and have that big S underneath. HS, Holy Spirit. I'm not giving you permission, okay? It's not that type of service. But some of you need to shred. I just see the Lord just taking pieces of paper that's been written about you, doctor's reports that's been written about you, and shredding them tonight, and setting fire to them tonight, and saying, that is not who you are. That is not who you are. Some of you have struggled with school, with education. Some of you have felt less than because you don't have qualifications. The Lord says, I qualify you tonight. Because I do not call the qualified, but I qualify those that I call. And I give you the gifts that you need, says the Lord. I give you the, the, what you need to be more than enough, to be more than conquerors, to be the head and not the tail, to be above and not beneath. So Lord, tonight we thank you 
that your label is stamped on every one of these people, redeemed, healed, whole, fit tonight for kingdom purpose, fit, fit tonight for kingdom service. For Father, we are your people tonight. And Father, we shake off the words that have rested on our shoulders for so long tonight. And we release that in the name of Jesus. This is a season of new levels of creativity amongst you. This is a season of new levels of divine ideas amongst you. Some of you that's got business issue, your business is going to start to flourish in a new and a fresh way. Because tonight you have moved out of the way. And you've said, I don't own this business. This is God's business. I am a steward of what he's given me. And the Lord says, hold tight because my wind is going to blow into your businesses tonight. My wind is going to blow into your schooling tonight. Those of you that are studying right now, those of you who are, who are, are taking courses and you're struggling, the Lord says there is a new day of anointing that is flowing in you to be able to study, to get the qualifications that you are looking to get so that you can be all that I've called you to be. So Lord, tonight we release your anointing on each and every one of these people you're present. And we say, Lord, have your way. Have your way amongst us. You are Lord of all tonight, Lord Jesus. You are Lord of all tonight. And Father, we are looking forward to testimonies of look what the Lord has done. And we release that now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Before we close tonight, I want you to recognize something that Julie and I have traveled here a long way. We've given up a lot of things to come and minister in the U.S. And we are investing in you because God has invested in us. And I want you to realize tonight that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of each of you. And so I want you, if you don't mind, to gather around and pray for us. And everything that God has put in you tonight, I want you to impart that to us so that we can carry on. Because you know, as we travel, there is an enemy out there that wants to discourage us. He wants to say, who do you think you are to travel around America and set people's pants on fire or to, or to take revival and breakthrough to this nation? But if you will stand with us tonight and if you will commit to pray for us and support what we're doing, then we can go further and we can go faster because one will put a thousand to flight and two will put 10,000 to flight. But if we do this collectively, I believe that America will be saved. Revival will flow in this nation once again in Jesus' name. Well... Let's not mug them, but come close if you can. Lay your hands on them. Woo, woo, woo. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. 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 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Just shout it out, guys. Just shout it out. Yes, 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 yes. Open heavens. Yes, yes. Open heavens. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Mark and Julie, I, as people are just praying for you, I just see God giving you an upgrade. And what this looks like is you started in a minivan, and I see you going to buses and beyond. You are bringing the good news like a FedEx driver, a UPS driver, in a powerful way. And you're bringing it to people in some of the most remotest places that need to hear what you have to say. So, Father, I pray for an increase in favor. I pray, God, that you would continue to open up the heavens, that you would provide for them provisions and resources that would just absolutely blow their minds. And, Father, we're not talking about just money. We're talking about ways and means to be able to carry forth the truth that you've laid in their heart, the word that you've laid in their heart, and they would be able to articulate it in an incredible way where people would look at them and they truly would become the signs that would make people wonder, and they would be drawn to that. Thank you, God. So, Father, we pray for that upgrade. Father, we pray for the upgrade, Lord. Wow. Wow. Supersize it, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Father, we ask, too, that you would send the biggest, <laughs> buffest, strongest angels you've got to keep them safe, give them traveling mercies. Father, I know they hear you. I know they hear your spirit, God. And, Father, I just pray that they would continue to hear it even with more clarity, God. And they would find themselves turning in, pulling in, driving into places they never dreamed they would go because you called them and they heard your voice, God. Thank you, Lord. Wow. I just speak divine health over their bodies, God, in the name of Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Mm. Thank you, God.
Amen. Amen. I just want to encourage you to come tomorrow morning expectant, prayed up, ready when you wake up in the morning. Don't just do your regular routine unless that's praying and believing that God is going to do greater tomorrow and more. It's our our last time to minister to you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. And we're believing that God is going to show up in a greater measure tomorrow than he's shown up already. Because now I believe he's cleared. It's almost like he's got his weed whacker and he's cleared the weeds in the last two days. And now he's ready to build. I believe tomorrow he's going to start to impart some things to you for the season that's ahead of you. So thank you. Thank you for your prayers tonight. Thank you for your encouragements. Thank you for your obedience in coming forward. This this is why we do what we do, because we want to empower you and ignite you into doing what God has called you to do. I thought thought so. I feel like there's somebody who's having trouble with their left elbow and left shoulder. So... If that's you, come get healed. (laughs) Also, we all know people that need to be here tomorrow. Give them an invite and love. Amen. Restoration. You bring restoration.